We're in a place this morning in this series on the secrets of prayer. And I have to back up a few weeks so we can get to where we are this morning. Um, you see, the painting we have up here, the first week of this series, was just a representation of space and time. And then those of you who weren't here, you missed out because it didn't look like this. It was really cool. It was just kind of bright and white. And I talked about in the beginning, God spoke and he, he spoke light into existence. He spoke the earth into existence. And there was this just really unique way of looking at it. And then in that, ser- in that sermon, I spoke about how the secret of prayer for us is humility. We need to approach God with humility. And then last week, I talked about our secret for prayer was that we need to sometimes listen more than we talk. We like to talk a lot. And sometimes when we're in a time with God, we just need to listen. And, and this painting has, has kind of evolved a little bit more. And then this morning, we're going to talk about that God can hear our prayers, all of our prayers. And so it's why it's now transitioned to earth. And it's also unique because in that first Sunday, I talked about the solar system and I talked about the stars and I talked about the vastness. And now here we are on our own little cul-de-sac planet earth today. And we're going to talk about God can hear all of our prayers. Do you believe God can hear your prayers? Do you believe he can hear all of our prayers? The hundred people in this building, can he hear all of our prayers? Okay. Do you, but do you believe he can hear all the prayers of everybody on planet earth even at the same time all right we got something to work with joe i'm gonna need you to help me out here for just a second uh real quick just come on up about two months ago brought to your attention that there are what we call unreached people around the world people who have yet to hear the gospel message and you came in, and we had these little cards all over. Here, you hold that one. We had little cards all over the auditorium. Do, do you still own your little card? Do you still have your little card? Did you, did you bring it today by any chance? Is it in your Bible? Any, no. Okay. Also, I got, I got one. Hold your card up. Very good. Thank you. Joe brought his. I had your back. I brought mine. Mine, and, and I'm still doing this. I'm praying for the unreached people in southern Uzbek. I have never been to Southern Uzbek. I don't even know where it is. It's on this map right here somewhere. Pinpoint. If you look closely, you can see it. Okay? I don't know where it is, but I've, it sits on my desk. And I've been praying for these people. I don't know these people. I will probably never meet these people. But I've been praying for these people. And God hears that prayer. Joe, where, where are your people from? They're from all over the world, but mainly Argentina. Okay. and They are... Spanish-speaking Jews. Okay, Spanish-speaking Jews in Argentina. And Joe, I don't know if he's been praying for those people specifically, but he is going to from here on out. Absolutely. Because he found his card. <laughs> so awesome. See what I did there? Yeah, I like that. Now, here's the, here's the question that I have to ask. We talk about, or we say that God answers our prayers, and he answers all of our prayers. What does the Bible say about God answering prayer? Do you know? Well, it says if we... Pray it being God's will that he'll, he'll answer, he'll be faithful. And... Are you looking in my notes? No, I'm sorry. no it's good. Um, Jesus prayed. Does the Bible say that Jesus prayed? It does. It does. He prayed a lot. He prayed a lot of unique prayers. Okay? But sometimes before he prayed, he would do certain things. And now you have to really 
hone in. I have not told Joe any of this. He is as surprised as you are that he is standing here with me. Before Jesus prayed on a specific time, all right, and, and in that time, he did something. He physically did something. And in two words or less, you need to describe what it was he did before he prayed that prayer. He slept. Close. He rested? He, close. It rhymes, with, it rhymes with slept. Wept. He wept. Very good. Good job, Joe. What story is that? When he wept yes. before he prayed? Mm-hmm. Well, he was... Why don't, why don't you read it to us? At the Garden of Gethsemane, I guess. No. no. This oh, one. Oh, this is a wept. different one. The other time Jesus wept. Aww. The only, everybody's favorite Bible verse. Jesus wept. Yeah. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Why did he weep? Do you know why he wept in that moment? I think he wept because people didn't understand what he was trying to tell them. All right. That's not a bad thought. I'm going to let you. I know. I'm going to let you just finish off because you got it. We're going to start off today, and thank you, Joe. By the way, Um, was that for me or you? Uh, Never mind. Uh, We're going to start off today in in John chapter 11, and there's a point to all this. This can God hear our prayers? Is He hearing us when we pray for Southern News back? Is He hearing us when we're praying for? For Jewish or Spanish-speaking Jewish people in Argentina, is he is he hearing us when we're praying? You know, I started looking at all these prayers in the Bible and all these different people that pray, and I was like, "Wow, God was hearing their prayers way back then too." And and He's in the business of listening to us. That's why we should be in the business of listening to Him. But we also need to understand that He answers our prayers and not just some of them. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on a little soapbox here for a second. I love music. I love all kinds of music. Uh, I, I like both kinds of music, country and western. Uh, and, and a few years back, this fellow, you may have heard of him, his name's Garth Brooks. I got nothing against Garth Brooks, but he wrote and sang a song called Unanswered, Unanswered Prayers. And I wanted to call him and tell him that he was theologically wrong. Those prayers were answered. They just weren't answered the way he wanted them to be answered. The answers were no. But God still answered those prayers. There are no unanswered prayers. All right? We may not like the answer. We may not want to conform to God's will in the answer. But God answers our prayer. All of them. John eleven twenty one. Jesus has been somewhere else. And somebody told him where he was visiting, hey, your friend Lazarus is sick and he's going to die. He's not going to make it. And the disciples said, hey, we should go. And Jesus said, we'll go. We'll get there. Right now we've got something else to do. He shows up. Lazarus is dead. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, 
she said, and he is asking for you. And when Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have we heard that somewhere before? So here we are in this this funeral procession. Two sisters have already said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. He already kind of corrected one very gently, very lovingly, and said, hey, it's going to be okay. I've got a plan. God has a plan. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Now I got to thinking, apparently I'm brilliant like Joe, because I got to thinking, well, why, why would he be troubled why would he be so deeply moved in spirit and troubled? Ah, because he's already been questioned twice. Lord, if you were here, he would still be alive. See, what they didn't know is God had a bigger plan. Jesus had a better plan. God was going to answer this prayer that Jesus is about to pray, and he's going to just blow their minds because he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but they don't know that. And so they're still in that little bit of unbelief place. Have you been in that place, by the way? That little bit of unbelief place? Ever? Okay. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Say it with me. Jesus wept. Many sermons have been preached on Jesus wept. Many ideologies around why Jesus has wept or why he wept. Verse 36, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But I don't think he wept because he loved Lazarus. He, he knew he was going to bring Lazarus back to life. He wasn't weeping like we weep when someone passes away. He didn't weep because Lazarus was dead. Because he knew Lazarus was going to walk out of that tomb in just a few seconds. He wasn't weeping because of that. He was close to this family. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they were, they were almost like cousins. They were like that close. They, they were friends. And they questioned him, even though Mary said, I, I, you are the Son of God, you are the Messiah who is to come. And then right away, then her sister Martha, but if you were here, you are to come, but if you were here, he wouldn't be dead. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? If this were a soap opera, this would be the part where Jesus would cue up like the crocodile tears and go, because they're, they're doubling in on him. Could he not have, have, have made this man not get sick? What? And verse 38 says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. I love this part. Take away the stone, he said. Probably the same people who just said, but, but could he not open the eyes of a blind man? Could he have not kept this man from dying? Those same people are going, oh, but Lord, hold on. <laughs> By this time, there's a bad odor. He's been there for four days. Well, just a second ago, you asked, could I not keep him well? And now I say, roll the stone away. Verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? 
there are moments in Scripture where I wish I could have been there. And this is one of them, because you've got these women who rightfully so, they're sad. And you've got these people, their friends and their neighbors and their relatives, and they're sad, and, and some of them are even doubting. And at this point, they're, they're crying, they're upset. There were even professional mourners involved in this whole situation because that was part of Jewish tradition. And so those things are happening. And Jesus says to them, like repeating the earlier conversation, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And I'd like to think at that point, Mary and Martha were kind of like, oh, okay, you have our undivided attention. We're going to put these wailing rags down. So they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. God answers prayer, brothers and sisters. All of them. And verse 42 says, I knew that you always hear me. But I said this, This being, God, thank you for hearing me. I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Our God answers prayer. All of them, all the time. Will you pray with me now? Father God, it's encouraging to know that you answer prayer. It's encouraging to know that when we call out, you hear us. It's encouraging to know that in those times when we are listening, that you are there in a whisper. It's encouraging to know that you have a plan. That when we pray according to that plan, when, when, we, when we allow your will to be done, we'll be better off for it. Lord, I pray that this morning as we talk about the fact that you answer our prayers, that we will think on the things we've asked of you, the way we've asked them, the purpose for our prayers. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You see, Jesus, he didn't raise Lazarus from the dead so that Lazarus could go around and be like, I'm the new rock star, look at me. He raised Lazarus from the dead so Lazarus and his family could go around and go, there's Jesus, look at him. See, we don't always know the purpose for when for why or how God answers our prayers. There's another time when Jesus prayed. And, and on this, these two different times that Jesus prayed, these are, these are a couple more stories I really enjoy. He fed people. He did the dinner prayer, if you will. One of them, a little boy, has some fish and some bread. And the other one, uh, the disciples are like, we don't have enough food to feed people. All we have is, is this bread and some fish. But in both of those occasions, Jesus simply says, thank you. His prayer to God is, thank you. And they start serving. And on those two occasions, his simple prayer of thanksgiving 
turns out feeding thousands of people. There's another time that Jesus prayed. It's in Mark chapter 9. This is a very interesting story. People don't like talking about these things. This is a story about a demon-possessed boy. Mark 9, Mark tells this story. He says, When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law are arguing with them. That was not an uncommon thing. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees, arguing with the disciples. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder. They ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. It it becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Verse 19, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. Parents, think about that. How long has he been like that with this condition since childhood? It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything. This is the same Jesus that just raised a dead man. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Verse 23, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Brothers and sisters, God answers prayer. All of them. And verse 25 says, When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. I would like to think that Jesus is like, I got this. But he didn't do that because he's more humble than me. He took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet. And he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, and this is key to the whole thing right here, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. God answers prayer. Sometimes you have to know what you're asking for. Sometimes you have to be willing to accept the answer, but God answers prayer, all of them. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, so far, John, you've only talked about prayers that Jesus prayed, and and that's okay, but He and God are one, so it's kind of like He's answering His own prayers. I understand your dilemma. So I've got something else for you. We're going to go all the way back to 1 Chronicles. It's in the Old Testament. There is a chapter in 1 Chronicles that most of us might skip over in reading through the Bible because it mentions names and names and names and nobody likes to just read about names. But there's a gem in a couple of verses among these generations that are mentioned in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 
verse 10. Now, I'm not going to read all these names, but I'm going to summarize it for you. There are 38 names mentioned in, in this section from verse 1 to verse 10. And, and they're, they're decent names. And so it talks about this person and, and who they are, this person and, and who their parent was. And, and so it goes through there, 38 names mentioned. And after one name is mentioned, the Bible says this. It's the name Jabez. And the Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. But Jabez is not the gym that I'm referring to. Actually, the gym is his life-changing prayer that he prayed. Now, I think this prayer deserves a little bit of our attention today in understanding that God answers all of our prayers. But the question we need to ask when we start looking at this as we get a better understanding of the secrets of prayer and the fact that God answers them, the question we need to ask, and this is a selfish question, but I feel like I need to say it and you all need to ask it in order to get through this. And the question is, what will the prayer of Jabez, what will the prayer of Jabez do for me? And so you can ask, ask that question. Go ahead. Before I tell you that, you need to understand my answer is not a very popular answer. Many authors, many speakers have made a lot of money convincing people, if you pray the prayer of Jabez, you'll be blessed beyond belief. Has, has everybody heard the prayer of Jabez? If you haven't, that's okay. I'm going to share it with you in just a second. But, but there was a season where people were like, oh, pray the prayer of Jabez and God is going to bless you and you're going to, be, you're going to have all these physical things and, and if you do this and believe it, God's going to deliver you from your pain. If you do this and believe it, all these, and this was a great verse for like wealth and prosperity gospel and things like that, but the reality is the prayer of Jabez, which is indeed a good prayer, it's his prayer. It won't do a thing for you. It's not your prayer. It's not the prayer of Fat Rock. It's not the prayer of Joe. It's not the prayer of Andy. It's not the prayer of Dave. It's Jabez's prayer. My prayers are not Jabez's prayers. And vice versa. So you don't get to take Jabez's prayer and try to make it yours and then stand there like God is some sort of genie and you're waiting on him to deliver. There's some things we need to know about Jabez. First off, the Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And the first time you read that, and even in some of the, the, the articles and the books that were written about it, people are like, well, of course he is. God answered his prayer. He must be more honorable. His, his brothers must have been some shady characters. <laughs> Remember who we're talking about here. If, you, if you've glanced at that scripture yet, you'll see these men are descendants of the tribe of Judah. The text doesn't say anything bad or good about him. It simply just states who they are. It doesn't say this is his brother Abimelab or whatever, and, and he, you know, was, was a goat killer. It doesn't say that stuff. It simply mentions them and who they are. And in the midst of these 38, I'm telling you, out of 38 people, they can't all be scallywags, all right? He can't be the only good one out of the whole bunch. These, descendants, these are descendants of the tribe of Judah. And yes, when you look through the genealogy of Jesus, there were some shady characters in the line of Judah, but it only says that Jabez was more honorable than them. Some versions actually say he was more righteous than his brothers. And here's what I'm getting at as we understand that God answers all of our prayers. Some, some prayers he answers like he answered the prayer of Jabez. And Scripture just says 
simply by granting his request. Some prayers he answers like he answered King David's prayer. The prayer that he prayed to spare the life of his firstborn son that he had with Bathsheba. God answered that prayer by saying no. Some prayers God answers like he answered Jesus. See, we talk about when Jesus prayed and we always think, well, well, God and Jesus are the same and so he always got what he wanted. That's not so. In the garden, he said, Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. God's answer to that prayer wasn't no. His answer was, this is what is necessary so that I will be glorified and sins will be forgiven. And Jesus ended that prayer by saying, not my will, but yours be done. When was the last time you ended a prayer thoughtfully, meaningfully saying, not my will, but yours be done in this situation? It's not for us to just repeat the prayer of Jabez like it's some sort of lucky spell or a recipe for a blessing, but there's a lot we can learn from it. You see, the prayer of Jabez should encourage us to pray big prayers. His prayer, he says, push out the borders. And I want to encourage you to push out the borders of your prayer life. You have not because you ask not. I want to look at Jabez's prayer. He prayed to God. Actually, 1 Chronicles 10 Um, it says Jabez cried out to God. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. He didn't just say, God is good, God is great. And we think, he didn't just come across some little childhood prayer. He's not just going through motions here. He's, He's crying out to God, pleading, if you will. You see, the thing is, some, some Christians, we just go through life trudging along, undisturbed, going through the motions, not Jabez. Some of us are simply content to stay in a spiritual rut. Truth be told, more times than not, we find comfort in that spiritual rut, not Jabez. That, that rut we're willing to stay in, we just go through the motions of being a Christian. We, we show up for church like we show up for work. We doop, punch the spiritual time clock and then we clock out as soon as worship is over, but That's not what Jabez was doing. He wasn't someone who was willing to settle for anything. He longs for all of the blessings that God will give him. Let me make this clear. Many of us long for the blessings of God, but that's all we do. I sure wish I'd be blessed today. God, where's my blessing? We long for God's blessing, but we don't strive to bless others with it. We don't focus on trying to be honorable before the Lord, but we sure have a we sure stand there with our hand out. <laughs> I know I was a little ugly the other day, Lord, but you can still bless me today. I repented. I said I was sorry. I had communion. We stand there with our hand out, longing for a blessing and feeling sad when we don't get one. There's something to this thing where Scripture tells us that Jabez is said to be honorable, more honorable than his brothers. We're not told why he was more honorable. We're not told uh, why anything except that he longs to increase his outreach, to push out his borders, if you will. Maybe Jabez's honor came in, in the fact that he wanted God to enlarge his borders so that he could honor God more than he already was. Maybe he was being faithful with little 
And he said, God, you've seen what I can do. Crying out, God, bless me and enlarge my territory. Ask yourself this question. You can even write it down and look at it later. What is the motivation for your prayers? What is the purpose for your prayers? Are you praying to elevate yourself or are you praying to elevate God? It's an easy trap to fall into. It's, a, it's an easy slippery slope to slide down. The truth is usually our big prayers, when we really pray big prayers, they're usually selfish. Lord, help me get this new boat so I can be a fisher of men. <laughs> or I can take men fishing. Is that the same? I don't think so. Lord, help me get this new house. Help me get this promotion. I deserve it more than the other two guys. Folks, it's time for believers to pray like Jabez. Don't pray his prayer. Pray your own prayer, but pray him with a desire to honor God no matter what the answer is to your prayers. Time's running out on us. It's unfortunate. But our world situation is serious. Our political situation is serious. Our moral situation in our community and in our world and in our culture is serious. But the saints, the called out ones, you guys, me, we're not serious. Jabez was serious. He knew that if God was to push out his borders, if God was going to do that, then he knew he had to do his part. I think Jabez knew this. That's why God blessed him by answering his prayer. Because for Jabez, enlarging the borders, it demanded vision. Enlarging his borders, enlarging his borders, demanded faith. Enlarging his borders demanded work. And he was willing to meet those demands. Or I don't think God would have answered his prayer. Another thing about the prayer of Jabez is this. It's a prayer asking for the power of God. Jabez prayed, let your hand be with me. He wants God's power. It wasn't just give me big stuff. Give me open, open lands to roam on. It was enlarge my borders and let your hand be with me. Let me tell you a secret about God's power. God's power comes through prayer. Another secret. Much power, much prayer. Little prayer, little power. Faith like a mustard seed. Prayer makes increased outreach possible. I have to tell you something I'm really excited about. And you all may not know this about the leadership at Huntsville Christian Church. But the way we do meetings has changed here at Huntsville Christian Church over the years from the time I first got here to the last few years. And the reason I want to share this with you is because our meetings have become meetings that are prayed through rather than just bouncing from one agenda point to the next. And anyone who's been in church any amount of time, there's, there's always, there, there's, there's spiritual things, but there are still physical things that churches have to deal with. And in those meetings, those board meetings, that's what they're, they're B-O-R-E-D meetings sometimes. We laugh because we know it's true, but, but I've been at other churches, and even when I first got here, it was like our, our meetings were just, we're just checking through, okay, we took care of this, we fed this person, we clothed this person, we helped out this person, we did these things, we're just chugging right along, oh, we got to fix the air conditioner, and, and we're kind of going through that, but in the last few years, there's been this transition, and it's pretty awesome, because we're at a place 
where we pause and we pray our way through meetings. Now, sometimes that calls for a little bit longer meeting. It's not the most time-efficient thing. But with much prayer, there's much power. Helps you to see what God is doing so you can come alongside and be a part of what God is doing rather than try to pull God down to be a part of what you're doing. And it's exciting when we stop in the middle of a meeting and we say, you know what, we're going to pray about that. And we're going to talk about it and pray about it some more. How great will it be when, when just fellowship meetings and carrying dinners transition to a place where they naturally move on to times of prayer? Not because somebody stands up and says, hey, let's pray. But, but they're brought on because we're fellowshipping with each other. And someone just reaches out and says, hey, will you go over here and just pray with me? I long for the day when the whole church is called to times of prayer. Not because the leadership says, we're going to have a day of prayer now, but because people just kind of show up at church and ring the little bell, and we let them in and go, hey, what are you doing? Oh, we just came by to pray. How great would that be? Nobody thinks that's great, Joe. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I was in Haiti on a mission trip. And it was after the earthquake. It was several years back. And while we were there, in the middle of the night, there was an aftershock. And, and things were like, the, I was sleeping in a hammock, and it actually hummed. It was like, and I was like, whoa, I thought it was like a UFO or something. But it was, just, it was just a little tremor. And we're like, whoa, what's going on, what's going on? And it's okay, it's just a tremor, everything's okay. And we're, we're sleeping on the roof. And, and from the roof, you can see where the church building is. And so we're checking our stuff. We're making sure everybody in our group is okay. And then all of a sudden we hear this commotion in the church in the middle of the night. We see this little light, people with lights and candles. And and at first we're like, what's going on? The church people, once they knew they were okay, they all started coming to church, singing and praising and praying. I was like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. we got to serve you people tomorrow. But they're over here singing and praying, grateful to the Lord that they were alive and that everything was okay. Prayer and worship in the middle of the night, people. Amen? Amen. Don't say it if you don't mean it, because when I call you and go, hey, come up to the church, it's 2 a.m., I happen to be awake, we should sing, you can't get mad at me. (laughs) Some of you are laughing because you know I just might do it. (laughs) Hey, Jabez, much prayer, much power from our God. He will answer in his time, in his way. But we have to be diligent in our prayers. There's another part from Jabez's prayer that we can learn from. And it's a prayer for purity in his life. Look at this prayer again. He says, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. The King James Version says that thou wouldst keep me from evil. I think we can all agree that evil is pain. He says, keep me from evil. You see, Jabez sees the dangers of falling into sin. He knows that all of our gains will become lost if we don't stay pure. I don't care what you're praying for or how you're praying But we have to keep our minds clean. We have to keep our hearts clean. We have to keep our attitudes clean. Jabez saying, Lord, keep 
me from harm so that I will be free from pain. He cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me. And keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. The King James Version says that it may not grieve me. Have you been in a lot of pain lately? Here's the truth, folks. Sin always brings pain. Sin always brings grief. I have yet to talk with somebody who has struggled with something and said, and you know what? By golly, I am happy for it. Sin brings pain. Sin brings grief. Here's a truth that you can tweet out to your friends. We cannot sin and win. That's why Jabez prayed all these things. Much prayer, much power. God granted Jabez his request. His borders enlarged. His life clean. You know why? Because God answers our prayers. All of them. And our Lord longs to do the same thing for us. How about you? Are you willing to pray and believe like Jabez? I want you to think about the father of that demon-possessed boy that I read about earlier. I want you to think about Mary and Martha, that, that father, Jesus, I do believe, help me overcome my disbelief. Are you in that season right now? Is that you? Has that been you? Maybe you're like Mary and Martha. Lord, if you were here, our brother would not have died. Do you find yourself in these hopeless situations? God, here's your prayer. And he answers them. I want you to think about those things and we're going to do some stuff a little bit different. We're going to share a song with you and I want you to listen to this song as you think about those things. I want you to think about the season that you're in in your life. And I want you to know that wherever you are, God hears your prayers and he answers them. We are not immune to disappointment. We are not immune to pain. We're not immune to hurt, to heartache, to sadness. But we're not alone. And I want you to know that whatever you are going through, whatever you may be struggling with right now, God hears your prayers. I have to tell you that while you're alive. God hears your prayers and God will answer your prayers. Listen, I could preach all day about the prayers that God answered throughout the Bible from the Old Testament to the New and the way He answered them. And then they're just, oh, just look up that word. Look up in the Bible every time the word prayer or pray is mentioned and you'll see all these just awesome movements of God. But now it's time for you to respond. Will you respond? Maybe your response right now is like that, Father. Lord, I want to believe, but help me with my unbelief. That's okay. If that's your response, our elders are here. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to talk with you. They'd love to to begin walking that walk with you. Or maybe your response is like Mary and Martha. Lord, if you were here right now, I wouldn't be going through this. He is here. The reality is it's us who have strayed. It's us who are no longer by His side because He is here. 
Maybe your response this morning is, is just for repentance and rededication. Maybe it's for baptism, for the forgiveness of your sins, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe your response is like Jabez, and you're going to commit to praying and honoring God with your life, no matter what everybody else around you chooses to do. Maybe you have something bigger than you, and you, you maybe you don't know how to start it, maybe you don't know how to end it, but it's bigger than you, and it's time to simply leave it with Jesus. Whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing with us and respond to God's word? Amen. I got to tell you, I love this place. It, it's safe, it's comforting, it's strengthening to come here. And I love to worship with you all, to share God's word with you. But now it's time for us to go. As you go out there this week, go knowing that our God the one who spoke things into existence, the one who said, let us make man in our image, that God, He wants to hear from you. When, it, when times are good, when times are bad, when you have doubt, when you have belief, when you're shaken to the core, He wants to hear from you and He will answer your prayers. You need to know that. But as you, as you go today, you also need to know that when He answers your prayer, it's on you to honor His will. And be a reflection of Him with that answer. Will you sing this last song with us?